In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley. In my podcast, uh, my podcast crowdfunder is the one and only. Always be closing. Travis Ratz here. <laughs> Travis That's Ratz. That's a Glenn Gary Glenn Roth re- reference, y'all. How, how you doing there, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. It, it's it's nice. It's nice to see your face, like from from an ocean apart. It's been like two weeks. Been like two I weeks. know. I know. I got a hurricane coming in here as well. So if if this. This it's not a hurricane, buddy. Out. It's Gamera. That's it's what it typhoon. is. It's a typhoon. <laughs> yeah. You all right now? Let's get right some into secret, it. It's some secret kaiju that's that's rising from the ocean. It's not a it's not a typhoon. Speaking of kaiju, um, yeah, I haven't been as active on Twitter, and by active, yeah. I mean reading what you tweet. Um, <laughs> but I have seen you talk uh, talk a lot about this Godzilla movie. That's that's oh yeah, out or some shit. The, the, the Japanese one came out over the summer. So the Japanese one came out over the summer. It's the new Toho one. And so they're doing a limited one or two week release in the United States in theaters. And so, so I'm going to try to find it so I can see it here. So they still make Godzilla movies movies in Japan? Yeah, yeah. It's been I don't know I can't remember when the last one came out and it was like 2006 or something like that. Is the the last time one came out in Japan, a Japanese one. Right. Uh, and so they said they were never going to do it again. Toho was done making them. And then guess what? We made a Godzilla movie here. It made some money. And so they're like, oh, yeah, no, we got a Godzilla movie too. Did we say we weren't going to do Godzilla? Uh, we meant we're going to we do like five more Godzilla movies. Uh, so well, I guess, it, I guess it did really good in Japan. I guess like it was a giant summer blockbuster in Japan. No pun intended. You should know this stuff. You're there now. You're there. I know. I know. I guess go, go see it uh, without the subtitles. Um, so now my question is, yeah, are the new Godzilla movies in Japan are like the effects and shit comparable to like the new Godzilla movie in the states? No, because it's still it's still a dude in a costume. That's awesome. But it's like a better looking dude yeah, in a yeah, costume. Yeah, yeah. the like, rubber's some, a little better. Yeah, some of it's CGI, you know, and some yeah. of it's puppetry and stuff like that. But it's still like. A dude smashing fake buildings. Do you know the concept of, the, of this new one? Uh, Godzilla, Godzilla attacks come, Tokyo. It's it's like Godzilla resurgence. So Godzilla comes back from wherever, and he looks all gnarly and shit. Do you think they're gonna blend in like all the uh, uh, radiation and tidal wave shit that ha- you know happened in Japan a few years ago? You think that's gonna be like part of? Yeah, that like, might that might he's be back that might and be. he's pissed. That might be why. Yeah, I don't know. Like I the the previews for it, Japanese previews are way different than American previews. Like the preview for the movie is just like a bunch of shots of very concerned Japanese people, <gasps> <gasps> and like and then the Godzilla stuff is pretty rad looking. But it's hard to tell what the story is from there. You know how like American trailers will give you exactly what the movie's about right. in them. Yeah, They're yeah, like yeah. in a world where, where Vin Diesel <laughs> has a wife beater on. And he yeah. beats his wife in a car. Uh, that doesn't – that's not what the case with these movies. So uh, it, I don't know exactly what it's about. I haven't read a whole lot about it. I just know that uh, 
it is playing. I found it in a place in Phoenix, so I think I'm gonna go try to see it in Phoenix. I'm hoping I can. F- I'm hoping there's a place that shows it in the East Valley, so I don't have to drive all the way out to Film Bar to see it. But oh, that's not too far. Uh, um, no, it's just downtown. Here's my promise to you. Yeah. Uh, when they make the next one over here, I'm gonna find <laughs> it and I'm gonna be an extra in it. Just so you know how they have all the. It's just like most yeah. of Godzilla movies. There's like the like you said shots of people being yeah. like, "No, Godzilla!" You can see a bunch of Japanese people, and it's gonna be like me, like like drinking a beer on the street and like. <gasps> what do you What are like, you drinking? What are you drinking right now, buddy? I want to know what, is, what this uh, is. Coffee. It's called Fire. <laughs> it's pretty good coffee. What does the rest of What does the rest of it say? In, in it, so it's canned coffee. It's cold coffee. It says Kito Kitate. Ritsu Burumiamu. Ritsu. Are you, you're oh, just making... Rich, sh- no, no. Rich... Be, I don't know. Uh, but it, then it says aroma from the moment of opening. So how is your how is your Japanese? Are you any, like... So... I speak a little bit of Japanese. Japanese is very difficult. Is basically this is the thing, like, I have no idea if you just made any of that up or if that's actual. <laughs> oh, well, we'll find out. All right, fans, write us in on Twitter, all our Japanese fans, and say whether I bullshitted that or not. We'll find all right, out. Guys. I, you know what? I didn't say my normal spiel. This is the Comic Exposure Podcast, guys. You, you listen to the show. You oh, know shit, that. Is, if you... is that what we're doing? <laughs> I thought we were doing know... Godzilla. I, I, right. two, what, two white guys on Godzilla. If you don't, if you don't know that, uh, welcome to your first listen to the show. Thanks for sticking through that Godzilla segue. <laughs> on Comic Exposure, we talk about comic books, uh, and uh, usually every other week we do a graphic novel or a trade. We do a comic book club on it. This is one of those in between weeks, the variant editions, uh, where we just talk about whatever the hell we want. That's right, as and you've already I'm... figured out by our opening <laughs> on this episode, Travis. Uh, we set forth a goal for ourselves. We wanted to talk about like Kickstarter comic books and kind of talk a little bit about um, what are you and I looking for. I know that I've kickstarted more books than you have, but uh, I kind of want to know like what are you know what are you looking for when you're trying to find a Kickstarter book? Like oh, what intrigues you? It's a conversation right? now, Josh. What, is that no, what it is? Okay. Nah, it's not what well, I'm saying. What? I'm just... As we're doing this podcast, I'm gonna like fund like twelve books. I kickstarted and, twenty more books, and I'll probably <laughs> still be. Like a hundred books behind you. No, I haven't. I haven't kickstarted that many. But what, so we're going to talk a little bit about the process. What kind of gets us to look at a book on Kickstarter, uh, and then just some of the stuff that that we're interested in that's out right now uh, that we've kind of seen. But before we get to that, Travis, before yeah. we get to that, uh, Civil War, Captain America: Civil War just came out to mm-hmm. t- digitally. Digitally, right. uh, I've watched it twice. I watched okay. it Friday night and Saturday morning. I watched it this morning. It's Saturday for me. It is Sunday for Travis, which is just weird to – it's weird to wrap my head around that you're living in the future. Yeah, uh, and but yeah. audience, bear with us. In like three episodes, this is going to be old and we won't talk about Japan or anything <laughs> like that. They're like, every time they come on, they talk about Japan. Like, it will, it, will, it will become the norm real quick and we won't even mention it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so you said that you rewatched it. I want to know, Travis, how did it hold up for you? From your first viewing to seeing it this time – what did you? What did you? Th- okay, let me go back. What did you? What did you think about it when you saw it in the theaters? I know. Did we talk about it on the podcast? I swear we did. Uh, I'm sure we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we did. We must have talked. If we didn't, yeah. shame on us because yeah. that was probably the best comic book movie of the summer. Um, at least in my opinion, um, certainly better than Suicide Squad. But um, 
Yeah, no, I, I, I liked it in the theater. You're just a shill for Marvel, buddy. Yeah, You're just exactly. a shill for Marvel. No, please. That's, <laughs> if I could shill for anyone, I'd love to shill for Mar- Marvel. Um, yeah, so I watched it in the theaters. I liked it. You know, I liked it a lot better than the second Avengers. Um, you know, I liked uh, uh, the – a lot of people have been talking about how uh, giving the movie kudos because that third act isn't that big, huge – battle that we come to expect in superhero movies where the last 40 minutes is this giant battle giant world Um, ending thing yeah so i like how i really liked how the movie had a much more intimate climax uh and um how the villain wasn't like this over the top you know the villain like the entire time you build it up like you think they're going to fight those super soldiers and then they don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Like, they build this whole thing up. And you're like, it's going to be this giant fight. They're going to fight the super soldiers. It's going to be all over the place in, in, in Siberia. And it doesn't yeah. happen. In a, and so you said, um, what was something, you know, in the rewatching that you enjoyed or you took a second look at and maybe didn't enjoy as much? I find. Or that, that you enjoyed more. I don't know. Whatever, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. So I find that, you know, when you watch Marvel movies, they do, you know, they add a lot of humor in there. So one of the things that when I first watch a Marvel movie, I'm like, oh, there was – I think about the funny scenes. Like that was a funny line or this was like – it was really cool seeing that on the screen. Um, mm-hmm. Like when I first saw it, of course, you know, Spider-Man dominated the, t- the conversation, seeing Spider-Man and how cool that was and, and, and seeing, you know, the Avengers uh, go at each other. Uh, but watching it the second time, I really m- appreciated – uh, just some of the action more. Uh, yeah. Even though it was a lot of digital action, it was. It's the second time I really had to slow it down and really enjoy the the Black Panther fight scenes when they had that big chase. You know, Black that's Panther's probably one of the chase. best. That's yeah. like one of the best scenes in the movie. Is that long where they're like going through yeah. the the underground with the cars and stuff like that? Right, and I yeah. really appreciate the opening more. I really like that opening. You know, where they're facing. Um, God, who's that? Crossbones. Crossbones. Crossbones, yeah. So I like those two things. So uh, to sum it up, I think I liked, appreciated the action more um, in the second viewing as opposed to the first time where I was just like, oh, that's funny. Or like, oh, shit, it's Spider-Man type yeah. stuff. What about you? I think I think for me, so this was uh, usually because, because I will usually see a movie, uh, like a Marvel movie, I usually see it in the theaters more than one time just because the way, like, I will, you know, Gabby and I might go see it and then we're like, all right, let's take the kids to go see it. Or, you know, so it won't be, I will normally see it more than once, but however this one came out, I'd only saw it the one time Gabby and I went and saw it and we didn't take the kids to go see it. I like whatever happened with our schedules. Um, I only saw it one time, which is weird. So I had not seen it again since the theater. Uh, and then seeing it again, I think, I think you're right. I got to, I appreciated those action scenes a little more. I really liked those three set pieces that the first opening fight scene, the one in the, you know, with the cars mm-hmm. and uh, when um, Winter Soldier grabs that dude's motorcycle. Oh, yeah. That's and badass. just like flips yeah. onto it. Yeah. Uh, and then the last fight scene between, you know, um, uh, Iron Man and um, Th- uh, Captain America and Bucky. Those three scenes were really kind of cool. Uh, but I'm going to. Um, this is what my impression when I first saw it, and my impression still. Spider Man was awesome, but I think you could have taken Spider Man and uh, Ant Man out of that movie. 
slim down that airport fight scene. Right. And I that movie would be contending with uh, Winter Soldier for me. Winter oh, Soldier is still Winter Soldier is still my number one. There's just something about it, and this is I mean it's the Russo brothers, so the pacing on this is a lot the same. Mm-hmm. It's more of an intimate sort of like. There's no giant bad guy in it. I mean, there's at the end of Winter Soldier, there's the big fight scene in the you know the helicarriers and stuff. But um, I think that the coolest stuff was you had Iron Man and the dichotomy of like Iron Man and um, uh, Black Panther's fight with uh, Bucky and Cap. I think the four of them were enough, but then I guess it's not it's not civil war, you know what I mean? It's right. not as yeah. it's not as intense. Um but I think you could have kept it that small group maybe with Rhodey and Scarlet Witch. Right. But I think Vision I mean you think about it, why are why aren't Thor and Hulk there? Thor and Hulk, yeah. Hulk aren't there because they're too powerful, right? Yeah, yeah. And so Vision shows up at the very end of that little like doesn't really do anything serious until the very end of that fight, and you know why? He's too because yeah. he's too powerful. Yeah, he would it like, and so that fight just becomes like, well, why is I, the Ant Man thing? It was cool, but I didn't know that Paul Rudd needed to be in it. Like, yeah. it, I don't think it added anything to the I, story. I agree with you. I, I I like the airport fight scene, but it was a little too long. It was a it's little cool. Too long it's and, definitely cool. And I think that <clears throat> to give him credit, though. Like, they had to have something like that in there, the yeah. Russo brothers, and I thought they handled it the best they could have. Like like you said, keeping Vision out of it until the end, making the Hulk and Thor off-world or wherever they are, um, those are things that that geeks think about, you know? Like, oh, we yeah. can't have them here because they're too powerful, man, you know? like uh, yeah. Whereas <laughs> if it was just like... Some other Hollywood director, they would be like, and then the Hulk comes in and he bashes some stuff, and then Thor hits a lightning bolt, and then the lightning bolt stuns everyone, and then everyone kind of gets up, and they, you know, it's all kind of bullshit. So uh, I thought, yeah, while it might have been a bit gratuitous and like fan service, it, it was, it was pretty cool to see. It was yeah. cool. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It was definitely cool. I, I, I'll give it that. But I think for me. That that scene is the one scene where I'm like, oh, if you just cut that out and maybe you just made the fight in the airport less of that standoff between this team versus that team, mm-hmm. I think I think it would have I think I like the movie. It's a good movie. I think I would it would have put it in the next tier. It, shit, yeah, yeah. would have put it next level for me because it yeah. wouldn't have been as like that's the part for me that seemed almost cheesy. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, but it, you know, I still I like some cheese. So and I'm not also, gonna... I mean, twelve year olds, dude. We need to get. I know, need, I, know yeah, I know, I know, yeah, yeah. I know. I can't, so, I can't explain that much. So you know, also speaking of along the line of of summer comic book movies, uh, here's one we haven't talked uh, uh, about. Um, it's the um, Killing Joke, the Killing yeah. Joke movie. Uh, now, this is something that one of the quintessential books that you always hear about. Uh, that I didn't read till later in life. I read it about two, three years ago. I went and like, oh, I got to read this book. I bought it, read it, enjoyed it, but probably only read it once. Read it once. Uh, it's a quick read. Uh, and then when I found out that they were doing the Killing Joke movie, I was like, oh, okay, that would be cool to check out. And when I heard they're doing it rated R, I'm like, all right, let's let's see this. So before we talk, before I non spoilers talk around. 
the movie, you just just read The Killing Joke, right? Yeah, you gave it to me before you left for Japan, and I had never read it before. It's one of those things where, like, yeah, this is a Batman story you should read. And, like, you and I were going to do Long Halloween in October. Like, another, like, mm-hmm. you're this Batman story. Right. Uh, and so, you know, I read it. It's a really quick read. It really is. Um, the art's fantastic. I love the art in it. The Joker is kind of wonderfully creepy. Uh, and like, like when you see him in his like Hawaiian shirt and like oh, so dark. the shorts and stuff, it's such, it's such a kind of cool look for him. Um, I didn't love it. It's mm-hmm. good. It's definitely a good, like, it's like essentially what three comics. It's like about 60 pages maybe. Right. Um, and so maybe, you know, it's about three issues. Of a, so it's a really, you know, it's like a, a mini arc. If you want to think about it that way, if you're right. thinking about single issue size, um, it's good. Uh, I think there's some stuff in it that it doesn't seem, there's a couple things that didn't seem earned for me, Mm -hmm. um, earned in the story and they, they're earned in the history of Batman, right? Right. Like if you put it in the context of everything Batman, it seems earned, but like a standalone thing by itself, there's some stuff that just like, why does Batman go to talk to the Joker in the first place? Right. Right. right? Yeah. yeah, Like, why does it, why does he all of a sudden go? Oh man, I better go talk to the Joker, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And, 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 I mean, ahead. I guess like you would have a. Re- there's probably a reason to, but it because it's such a short book, those things aren't explored, mm-hmm. and it's not explored why the like historically. I understand why the Joker has beef with Gordon, but I think like when you hear people talk about the book, and when I think about the book, I put more into the motivations just through that than are displayed. And what's written in the book? I, I yeah, I, I I agree with you. It's one of those books I find a lot with Alan Moore books. You know that these are quintessential books that you have like you just have to read as a comic fan because uh, whether you enjoy them as they are is it it's beside the point because so much of what's done now is in reference to those books. Yeah, and yeah. even. As an artist or a writer, you get to pick what you think is canon and choose to follow that. And almost everyone chooses to include the killing joke as part of whatever they're doing, you know? Well, I guess, like, it wasn't – initially it was an Elseworlds book. So, like, right. it wasn't in it wasn't in canon. And then DC said, no, nah, it's in canon. Yeah, it's, it's now in canon. And so I, they were, they were going to follow it. They followed it. So much of it reminds me of The Dark Knight Returns, too, with that whole uh, amusement park. Scene, yeah, you know, uh, and then how the Dark Knight Returns ends, you know, with the Joker, uh, Batman snapping the Joker's neck, yeah. you know, type thing. So the question is, the big question when people read the Killing Joke uh, is at the end, yeah, does he does he kill the Joker? Because the the I, last kind of ha ha ha, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like you, I wanna, I wanna be in a world where Batman doesn't kill the Joker. So right. I'm going to say he doesn't, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I went to see the, the movie. Yeah, you went and uh, saw it because it was only released. It wasn't a long release. It was just like limited release, right? Yeah, like two days in theater, yeah. two or three days during that Comic-Con weekend. Yeah, who did uh, you see it with? I saw it with my buddy John, who okay. uh, was on the uh, Hawkeye podcast. Okay. Hawkeye podcast. Uh, he's like, oh, I got two tickets. You want to come? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. The cool thing about it was... I hadn't seen a Batman movie, a Batman cartoon in the theaters since Mask of the Phantasm. Right? <laughs> the Mask uh, of the Phantasm? Oh, yeah. And which I do want to watch again now, actually, because I think I'd appreciate it more. 
Uh, but the it opens up, and the first 15 minutes of the movie is just a behind-the-scenes interview with Mark Hamill and, like, the making of The Killing Joke and talking about uh-huh. how, like, Mark Hamill came about how to play the Joker and why he feels the Joker's important, important and his take on it, which is really neat sitting in a packed theater with a bunch yeah. of nerds, and we're <clears throat> basically just watching, like, what would be the equivalent of a YouTube behind-the-scenes documentary, <laughs> which is my favorite part of the, of the movie experience was, like, getting that insight. Yeah. And so they get you pumped up. You're like, oh, this is going to be good. And then they launch into the movie. Uh Without any spoilers alerts, I'm sure people have heard this already. They you do, can you can spoil it. What, yeah, what, like the the first like thirty minutes, because like as you said, they have to add to it. There's not enough. Yeah, material. it's short. So they add a bunch of Batgirl shit. They add a bunch of Batgirl stuff, which is it was okay. It changes the story uh-huh. because there's some freaky shit that happens between. Yeah, Batman. I heard like uh, yeah. they 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 make it happen. Yeah, yeah, which was so awkward to watch in a theater you're like it's like walking in on your parents having sex like, you just like walk out and you're like ah, i'm kind of traumatized by well, this. it just seems weird like isn't like that's like that's like his bro's daughter and that yeah. seems weird. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of incarnations of batgirl she's like barely legal or, or, or underage you know yeah and uh the best what made me really laugh is so spoilers alerts they do it and then the next day, um, Batman's out chasing a criminal, uh, and Batgirl's like, I'm coming with. And he's like, no, you got to stay here. Like, this, I'm handling this myself. Uh, and then sh- so Batman's in his car driving, and Batgirl calls him, and he's looking at it like he doesn't want to answer it. And then he, like, answers, like, hello? And she's like, is this weird? Is it awkward now? And he's like, no, I was, like, I was going to call you, but it's – it's it's not a good time for me right now. And so <laughs> it's like that total after sex, like awkward, like booty call. Am I just a booty call Batman conversation? It was hilarious. So, uh, but Mark Hamill, of course, nails it. It's great hearing him as a Joker again, a different tone. He has a different cadence than what he used to do in the animated series, yeah. but still really, you can tell he just really enjoyed the material. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's so. So did you did you enjoy it? I did. I did enjoy okay. it. I would I would watch it again. I would watch it again. You know, I've been thinking about renting it and just just watching it. Have, having just read it, I think it'd probably be a kind of a cool experience to to watch it. I just haven't had a have a chance to. But it's on like my hey, you should totally do that yeah, when nothing else is going on. It's like two ninety nine on Google Play. It's like cheaper yeah. than most rentals. So yeah, yeah. All right, man. You ready to get into this uh, this Kickstarter stuff? Let's kick it. Let's, Let's kick, kick out it. the jams. All right, so I'm, I'm going to start with asking you a question. Uh, yeah. We've talked about Kickstarter on this podcast before and even got into a little bit of like, hey, what are you kickstarting, Josh? Uh, but let's take a step back and talk about uh, what is the idea behind Kickstarter, Josh? If you're explaining this Kickstarter to someone who doesn't know what Kickstarter is. So I, I sometimes I use this as a – I teach economics, uh, not this – I, I've taught economics before, and so the way I the way I explain uh, Kickstarter is like if if you want something made, uh, it costs money to produce it. Mm-hmm. But if you are an artist, you may not have a lot of money. So you think like back in the Renaissance period, when you would have like you know Da Vinci would have the the Medici family patrons, patrons yeah, yeah patrons pay stuff for them. Uh, this is essentially the same thing. 
you want this product, I'm going to make it, but I can't, I can't pay for it up front. So if you could give me the money for it now, when it's done, I'll give it to you. Right. And so uh, they don't have to sponsor art. Basically, yeah, or whatever you sponsor whatever. Yeah. It's, it's not always art. Sometimes it's like fucking cameras and shit. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to find like a publisher to put out your book necessarily. You can self-publish. Um, you don't have to worry about like, okay, this publisher's going to put out my book, but everyone I sell, I've got to pay them back this much. You know what I mean? Like those those initial costs are all covered. Um, and so a lot of artists do Kickstarter uh, as a way. They may have written a book already, and they just want to. They want to pay for printing costs. Printing costs are expensive. So they use this as a way to cover those costs and get the books in the hands of people. So what's the difference between like a Kickstarter and say something like GoFundMe? Is there a difference? GoFundMe is usually uh, not really. Yeah, it's usually a little more personal. I think GoFundMe is. Uh, But you could probably use it the same way. There's still like fees. But GoFundMe isn't based on a reward system. So GoFundMe is just give me money. Right. Uh, Kickstarter is you give me this much money and I will provide you with this portion. Now, now what as if you start like a Kickstarter, what yeah. um, what commitments and responsibilities do you have? Like so if you start a Kickstarter, they don't take your money right away. Like, it doesn't. It The money isn't taken out unless the project makes. Okay. So if I wanted to do something and, and I needed to raise like a grand for it, if I only raise nine hundred dollars, no one's charged. If I don't make my goal, no one's charged. You're not charged until the last day. Once it makes its goal, you're not charged until the end of the campaign. So the campaign's like 31 days or something like that. Uh, so after that, if you've made your goal in 31 days and then it charges everybody's credit card or PayPal or however they paid for it on that day. So what uh, if, what if, like, let's say I need $9,000 for this project and at the end of 30 days, I only have 7,000. But I'm like, you know what? I can do it for 7,000. Or does it have to I don't get know. to the number? I yeah. think it's got, it's got to make the goal. So I don't okay. think you can change your goal after it. So you, a lot of times um, you see that some of these, some of these campaigns make, make way more money than they necessarily A lot of them do, put, yeah. yeah. They put you know, more than what they put out the first time. You know, they'll ask for this much and they may have, you know, done and earned more than they actually need. So, like, I'm looking at one right now uh, that needed um, two, that needed $1,835. Okay. But it's made 2486 because more people were interested in it than needed. So, um, I think, you know, all the ones I'm looking at, that have made their goal have made well have made beyond their goal. And so what's usually, neat about that is sometimes if they do that, they'll add more rewards to their. Yeah, it'll, they'll break open an award and they say like, "Hey, if we hit this, it's like a stretch goal. So yeah. we hit this, so we're going to do a hardcover book instead. Of, you know, we'll do a, a cardboard cover instead of the you know the the flip the flimsy cover on it, or you know, uh, everybody gets a uh, print." You know, we raise this much more money. Everybody who who put in stickers, prints, yeah, original those, those art, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, and I like the uh, okay. Uh, one of the prizes that I really like is usually sometimes, especially if it's a comic book, if you donate like over a hundred bucks, you get your, like your name in the back of it, which I think yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Like you're emblazoned in that forever. You know what I mean? Right, That's kind right. of a, kind of a cool thing. Uh, so. Travis, let me ask you, mm-hmm. uh, when you are, what catches your eye when you're looking through books on Kickstarter? Because uh, this is, so this is what I do. The easiest way, if I want to, 
I will usually see stuff on Twitter. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll find it on Twitter and then I'll, I'll like see it. I'll go to the Kickstarter page there. Someone I followed has backed it right. or someone retweets the, the, you know, the initial post about it being launched. Um, or the other thing I do is I actually go to Kickstarter, go to discover and look through the comic book pot, look, look through the comic book projects that are on there. That's and, what and, I, that's, that's what I've been doing is looking, going to the discover button. Um, cause I'm not as savvy with the Twitter, uh, yeah. So I go to discover button and Kickstarter and go down, uh, and I usually I'll just look for. Of course, the art is what gets my eyes catches my eyes first, right? Now, uh, as we go through like the ones that we're we're liking or the ones we've backed, uh, it's interesting. Is after doing comic exposure for a couple of years, if you look at the ones I've backed, total cartoony, very much much more a cartoony style. Uh, yeah. And I find that I'm gravitated more more towards that. Sometimes it'll be like a cool title too. And I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to yeah. check that you out. Know, like, you know how you're not supposed to judge a book by the cover? You totally, totally judge do. a book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, but I also know dealing with enough independent comics is you want to make – I want to make sure that when I click into it, there are not just the cover art, but that they have some actual, actual pages. pages. Because yeah. we know that sometimes cover art can be uh, really gusted deceiving. up, yeah, yeah, deceiving, and then you see the actual. The... It's like the my it's like the MySpace profile pic of yeah. the internet of like the comic book industry. Yeah, it's you know like I mean? it's like uh, uh, um, filters on Tinder. You're yeah, like mm, is this really what you look like? Let me see some unfiltered shit. Right. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my process uh, going through it. I will say that when you do to the when you do go to the Discover on Kickstarter, I think they can make that a little bit better because you always the the load more, and if you click yeah. into one and then go back, sometimes it takes you to the yeah, beginning of the Discover, the way, yeah. and I'm like, so I can't always get those hidden gems that are buried deep in the within the page, yeah. or you find it once and you didn't remember the title, and now you're like, what was that fucking book with the <laughs> thing on it? I do want to say before we begin, Josh, that yeah. we have not shared with each other what books we have kickstarted or what books we're interested in kickstarting before we go. Right, yeah. right. And you say you want me to go first because we'll probably have <coughs> some overlap, you think? Yeah, I think you should go first because... I know that I picked more books because you said you had like two, two or three books that you found, right? Right. Yeah. And I, I picked like six out, so I'm gonna let okay. you go first. That way, I don't. I'm not gonna talk over your books. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Okay. Well, I did. Um, the I will do an update. the The first thing I kickstarted was that book by um, Greg Needham, that Mixed yeah. Signals book. So that that was fully funded. So I should be expecting that in um, October, which is nice. So your very I, I, your very first Kickstarter. I know I, I've fonded a couple of things at this point, but I haven't gotten anything yet. So it will be fun when uh, you know you like check your mail one day and you're like, oh shit, I forgot about this. this yeah, those are, yeah, those are those always nice days. Um, okay, so let me go to my bookmarks here. Mm-hmm. All right, so the first one, this is the latest one that I kickstarted. It's a uh, book. Um, uh, let's see who. Uh, this is actually from Britain. It's a. It's called uh, Last Driver. Yes. Yes. It's called. <laughs> is that one of your books? That is one of my books. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Whittling it down. 
<laughs> you son of a bitch, you took my Kickstarter book. Um, this is like favorite panels all over again. Yeah, right? Um, so, yeah, so you could talk about it with me. I, you know, it's this guy from Britain, and um, his name is... Um, C.S. Sh- Baker is the yeah, writer. C.S. Baker, Shaky Kane. Shaky Kane is the artist, yeah. Shaky Kane, which is a great name, Shaky Shaka Kane. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Shaka Laka. Boom, Shaka Laka. Shaky Kane, Shaka um, Kane now. And this just looks fun. It's kind of like uh, the uh, last driver is like, looks like this hard drinking, tough talking, smoking, ridiculous uh, idea of like a macho man who <laughs> basically drives around this like, was it a Trans Am or some uh, old car, you know, looking at porn. <laughs> drinking, driving, and fighting monsters. Yeah, uh, it's think... kind of like Johnny Bravo R-rated version. Yeah, and there's giant monsters. And so, same thing. I looked at it, and there's a scene where there's like giant ants attacking him, and I'm like, "Yep, I'm in." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And the art is awesome. The art just looks like um, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Almost like Art Deco, not Art Deco, um, like pop, like that pop. Yeah, it's 19... very pop. Yeah, the the colors are definitely pop, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that is one that I that I funded. I just funded the the book for it in the digital yeah. version. I didn't I didn't go like high into the prints and stuff like that. Yeah, it all depends on like if it's something where I'm like, oh, that's not price always gets me a little bit. And so, yeah. uh, but this is this is not bad for the uh, what is it for just the single the book yeah, reward? It's like, tw- it's like I think it's like I think I did the sixteen pound one, but when you convert that to us and then they they factor in the shipping you know type of what it would cost almost like that for it you're looking yeah. at paying like in the 20s somewhere yeah and that's you know you're you're, you're helping the scene man you're yeah. helping the scene now that this one i'm really excited about this one's gonna be fun <laughs> so um, did you watch did you watch the video for it? that's my that's my question like do you watch the little kickstarter videos that they post sometimes uh sometimes i watch the videos or if if i see enough from just like the the art and the description i'm like okay we're good <laughs> uh, a lot of the videos can be kind of like they they make me second guess my choice, <laughs> right? They're not always the best produced, and you're like, like, wait a minute, I'm not buying a movie, I'm buying, yeah. I'm buying a. Comic. It's like some dude in a robe, like with really bad <laughs> uh, video quality, talking about his book. Yeah, so yeah. that which is more... not the case on this video, but <laughs> yeah, <is> it... <laughs> I gotta watch the video then, uh, and then uh, the, another one. That I'm probably going to fund here in the next um, couple of days is uh, uh, the Dear Editor. Oh, you know, I didn't see that one. I didn't yeah, see that one. But it's Dear, D-E-R, Editor. Uh, it's by Ryan K. Lindsay. Uh, I like it because it's in the genre of stories I really like. Uh, so a quick, um, uh, the quick summation that they have here, you just type in Dear, D-E-E-R, Editor in... Um, uh, Kickstarter, and you'll find this. Uh, it's a 48-page tableau page, black and white, mature reader. Um, it's uh, the uh, Bucky, the editor of the crime beat at the truth, who also happens to be a deer. So he's like uh, a crime editor. It's like a noir detective, but he's just, he's this giant buck, uh, and it's all done in like black and white. It's like a buck who wears like a suit. And he looks like badass and. Um, it looks just like really noir and that's like one of my favorite genres is like the old noir <laughs> films and stuff like that. So, uh, that one I, I picked, uh, as well. That uh, looks good. I like that. Yeah. 
I'll probably uh, fund that within the next couple of days here. Uh, and that looks like it should get funded. Uh, 25 days to go. Oh, there's only like uh, 10 days left. Oh, I'm looking at the... Unless, yeah. Oh, okay. So I got to get on that. Yeah. And then my last one, I don't know how we... It, it's, it's. I think it's already been funded, so I don't even know if I can fund it anymore. But it's called The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, and The Monkey, or The Good, The Bad, and The Monkey. Um... See, you could type in that in. No, I haven't seen that one. No. But it's like uh, it's like a play on the good and the bad and the ugly. But it's like a spaghetti western. But it's got like the Clint Eastwood's like a primate in it and stuff like that. So that one looked really cool. But when I clicked on it, it was like this is already funded. Share this project. And yeah, I didn't that know one, how that works. You can't. You'd have to wait to see uh, whoever it is. Like what I would do is I would look up Andy Baker and see if there's uh, if he's gonna sell it afterwards because sometimes they'll do that sometimes they'll go they've printed it enough to be able to do that because i've got books that way before Mm -hmm. um where i've gotten it after the kickstarter i like all my ghost was a kickstarter but we got it i you know what looking at the art at that yeah i do i do like that art the art is very um um uh shit hellboy um yeah uh, magnolia a little bit, a little bit, yeah. yeah. Well, definitely, the monkey definitely looks like Hellboy himself. Yeah, exactly. That's probably, it's like, I didn't, I didn't have to stretch very far to find that reference to it. No, no. So, uh, basically, what, I, what I've what i picked out is, I, you know, I, I like gratuitous swearing and violence and absurd, over-the-top machismo-ness. Uh, uh-huh. Machismo, yeah. So, uh, all my books kind of fall into that preacher-esque picks but more cartoony looks like a lot more fun yeah so here's one of my picks that as soon as i tell you about it i think you will back it i think you will back it uh, it's called kill them all oh i saw that one i saw that one yeah yeah go ahead so kyle starks uh did sex castle is the other book he did and sex castle is kind of like an homage to 80s you know lethal weapon uh those sorts of movies right Uh, or like stallone movies and stuff like that too um this one is his next book it's called kill them all and it's about an assassin uh a like a hard drinking former cop and they have to make their way to the top of this tower so she can kill some bad guy right so It's it's like the tower reminds me of Nakatomi Tower, Nakatomi Tower in uh in Die Hard. In Die Hard, but it's filled with like criminals and other assassins. So it's kind of like Kill Bill meets Die Hard meets like uh Lethal Weapon. Like it's got all this sort of like silly stuff in it. Uh super cartoony, but it looks like a ton of stupid fun. So I I already backed that one. It I backed that one. It looks like yesterday. the art from who's the guy? Oh shoot, we had on um who was doing that guitar book? Um, oh yeah, it does kind of look like uh, AJ um, Schumer, right? Yeah, yeah. Schumacher. Schumacher. Yeah, uh, yeah. It kind of remind when I saw that, uh, I didn't click into it, but I was like, oh, this reminds. I thought it might have been the same guy, honestly. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's really cool. All right, that's a good one. Yeah, uh, that's one. I, I thought it was really. Fun. It's really well priced too. Yeah, that's that's the only thing that gets me. And also, it is backed with 26 days to go, well over the amount. So, yeah, oh, like, yeah. Kyle Starks uh, was Eisner nominated for Sex Castle. So, anything that, it, like, he put this out and this looks good. Another one uh, that is just a new one that came up. It's got 27 days left to go. It's Alex Automatic. Uh, it's by Fraser Campbell. 
Uh, and it is, uh, so here's the pitch. Driven mad by illegal government experiments, a young agent believes he is the robot super spy hero from a 70s TV show, Alex Automatic. So it's like a 48-page comic. The price on it's pretty good. You can get the book with a regular cover for $8 U.S., and I think there's two bucks shipping, so ten bucks you can get the you can get the comic for it. Uh, the art looks pretty rad. It's got sort of this. Um, it remind. It's almost Mike already a little bit. And that's, so how, it, that's how easy it is, folks. During his little <laughs> conversation, I just backed uh, kill them all. There you go. So it's uh, it's a little it's a little um, kind of like it looks a little like Mike Allred's art. Uh, the covering looks good on it. And here's the one thing that makes me happy. This is what I look for is when will I get my stuff, right? Yeah. And so the estimated delivery is in December. It's already it's already done. It's already colored. It's ready to be printed. And that's where I'm like, yep, I can do that. Um, I like waiting for a really long time always drives me a little nuts. There was another one that I'm not going to talk about, but I was like, oh, that's really cool. I like the art on it. And the date to get your stuff was a year from now. What? I, so they're, yeah, I, I, I'm, I gotta be more careful. I'm not, I'm not really looking at the dates yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So, so what they'll do is they'll, they'll go. I need this money in order to take the time to make this make project. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed you know, to like having most to, of it done, and they need to print it. Yeah. So this is like, I want to do this for my job. Pay me so I can do this. And I get that. I think that's a real cool way to do it. But it's hard for me to commit to something that I won't see for a year. Right, you know? and who knows what's going to happen? Like they could have a death in the family, or like yeah, something yeah. like that, and they just stop doing it. Yeah, that's a little bit. Yeah, I should pay more. That's a that's a good tip. From yeah, my, hey, pay pay attention fans. when you're making it. <laughs> that's a great tip for our local Kickstarter, Josh Buckley here. Uh, um, another one, another one I like is uh, Kilgore Books and Comics. They put out small press stuff, and so they're putting out their fall 2016 lineup. So it's essentially four books. So it's four pamphlet comics. Uh, and you can get all four of them for um, that one's no longer available. Do 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 do. You can get for thirty five bucks. You can get the uh, all four of the releases. Oh, that's and really so good. You, you get four books. It's two hundred and twelve pages of comics. Um, you can also like get if you pay ten bucks more, you can get uh, all four and then two of the books from last. So they usually do. They do like four books in the fall and four books in the spring, and so you can go and pick two of the old books. Uh, and oh, Box, okay, yeah. Box Brown put out a book with them, so we just did Andre the Giant, yeah. and so he's got a book that he that they put out for him last spring. And so I'm thinking about you know if I do the you know like the forty five dollars, like oh I can get the you know I get the fall run of four books that are all pretty indie. They're very indie books. Yeah, uh, and then go go back and pick two from the last batch of stuff um that's a great deal. Kinda, yeah yeah which is kind of cool and you're, you're helping the publishing thing and like their video talks about you know what they're trying to do is they're trying to get like young uh new artists give them a place to produce pamphlet comics you know like right uh, to just get those out and, and help and help these guys make books i'm like yeah that's kind of cool I, I i totally like yeah no I, I agree with that it's very much like uh uh, they used to do like in the seventies, like at high schools, they would have like an underground high school paper that someone yeah. would like print in there. Like Stephen King did it. Stephen King used to like have like a little printing press in his a basement yeah. and print out like his high school paper and stuff like that. I yeah. dig it. So it's kind of it's kind of a cool thing, and they're good quality books. They're color. It's not like there's any. I mean, they're not like 
um, junky stuff, but uh, it's kind of just small press stuff. And so that kind of got me. The last one, the last one I'm going to talk about is AAI Wars. AAI Wars. Mm. Uh, and it essentially, and it's like A period, A period, I period. Oh, so I if saw you're looking, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It look. I mean, it, it said like it's uh, an over the top uh, a tribute to Contra, Metroid, Terminator, Aliens, Star- and Star Troopers. And I'm like, I love all of those things. So, and the art's kind of cool. It's a little scratchy looking. It's kind of rough looking. Uh, but it's just a single issue, and it's um, it's like five bucks for the single issue. The art uh, looks really cool. It is that like it is a bit yeah, grungier. Yeah, it's super grungy, and I kind of like you know it's a silly idea. In the video, he talks about like uh, we download this um, this this uh, sound thing from outer space, right? Like an alien signal. And then it virus that turns all of our like all of our technology against us, and then t- transports the aliens to our Earth. So oh, nice. like yeah. this sort of like stupid. Over, it's like alien artificial intelligence is the name like is what the AAI stands for. It looks silly, and so I'm like, you know what? I I kind of I'm kind of down with that. It made over its goal. It's got fourteen. It was only it's like a thousand dollar goal. So it's really just printing. That's what it is. All right. So it's just kind of a cool little book. And I think I might check that one out. So we found some cool, uh, if you guys are interested, you can look through books on Kickstarter. You can go and check out something like Indiegogo for comic books. They've got stuff there too. Uh, and I think ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap the show before Travis gets swallowed by a typhoon. So, (laughs) uh, Travis, stay safe. Get in your bathtub. I'm going to stay safe, man. Actually, not too bad. Um, so, you don't hear from me again. So, Find a new podcast partner. Live strong, partner. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Comic Exposure. You can find us at comicexposure.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Comic Exposure and Facebook, Facebook.com as Exposure. Check us out. Follow the show. Rate us on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next trade. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs>